the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Craig Needles. The London Free Press Podcast indeed, and we are back for another week. Other couple episodes coming your way this week, and I wanted to focus on what's going on with businesses in the community on the first episode of the week, and to do that, who better to be joining us than uh, Norman DeBono, who, of course, writes about uh, business concerns and many other things in the London Free Press. You can find a piece that he wrote uh, on LFPress.com this week about the manufacturing sector. Norm, thank you so much for uh, giving us some time today. Always glad to uh, get a few minutes of your time to chat here on the London Free Press podcast. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Uh, let's first talk about the piece that uh, that went up this week, and you were talking to area manufacturers, both uh, at the the, 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 ma- the micro level as far as one specific manufacturer, but the macro level as well as far as what's going on with manufacturers in this era in this area as they navigate the global pandemic. So, what can you tell us about this piece? Well, it's been really it's been really interesting to sort of track it because what we're seeing is is that there has been a real uptick in a lot of uh, traditional manufacturing sectors. There has been a lot of growth in the uh, agri-food sector as a direct result of the pandemic. Car sales are strong. Demand in the auto sector is very strong. London remains a, has a strong manufacturing foundation to it. We have about 34,000 manufacturing jobs in London, an area that's like London, Middlesex. Um, we have, there are about um, more than 2,000 jobs posted uh, in the London area and of those, more than 200, about 10%, are in the manufacturing sector alone. It's not just automotive, though. Machining is seeing an uptake as industry is becoming very busy. Uh, agri-food is taken off because people, when they're at home, they're buying a lot more food and a lot of packaged processed food. So there's been strong demand in that sector. The tech sector, although not traditional manufacturing, has sort of a, a share in that sector. The tech area is seeing a lot of growth, too. So. What we've seen is that there is a real um, demand for manufacturing jobs. The manufacturing sector is very busy uh, at this time. And what's interesting also is that as busy as they are, in the London area at least, they've really managed to avoid, this is what the focus of story was about, they've managed to avoid a lot of COVID-19 cases. They've had, certainly they've had ones and twos in plants, but they haven't had a major outbreak that's shut down a manufacturing plant. Remember early in the pandemic in the spring when it first broke, you know, Toyota had a case, Cami had a case, and they shut down the plant for a while until they cleaned. And it was really indicative of me at that time how seriously they took it. And one, one, one manufacturer told me bluntly, he said, we have to be very careful about this because if we get an outbreak in the plant, we shut down the plant and they lose money. They can't, they can't make any goods. So they're diligent in cleaning, mask wearing, distancing in the workplace, separation, even in if you went into their restaurants and their in their cafes and their break rooms and their cafeterias, there would be uh, distance marks, uh, d- d- distance markers th- th- throughout the spaces, and they have sanitation set up at the door uh, coming in. So they're taking it very seriously, and it's really paid off. Right? Again, there have been cases, but there hasn't been a major outbreak, and they have managed to uh, keep going. And to do that at a time when they're hiring, when they're adding jobs, like I said, more than 200 jobs posted now in the sector. It's quite remarkable, I think, really. 
and real credit to them, to, to what they're doing. Absolutely a credit to them. They're keeping, uh, obviously, people are going to say, well, they want to keep their businesses safe. And, and sure, that's part of it. But right. by definition, that means keeping their employees safe, too, which is exactly what's going on here. Because if there's yeah. a, an outbreak, it's bad for the employees, it's bad for everybody. So clearly, there's uh, been a pretty good spirit of cooperation here amongst both employees and the employers to make sure we avoid this stuff. And the uh, yeah. the results are very clear and very obvious that it's going pretty well. Yeah, and you know, in manufacturing workplaces in London and area, some are union, some are non-union. Uh, I think you, and largely represented by Unifor, and there's been a real buy-in there. Or and the food sector is represented by food sector unions, and there's been a real buy-in, a real support. Unions have also been diligent in sort of wanting that kind of safety in the workplace. But non-union plants as well, been, the workers have really sort of uh, been working, from what I can tell, working hand in glove with the company in terms of uh, trying to be trying to be safe on the job. Now that's the manufacturing sector, and that's that's their good news. But uh, unfortunately, there's another, there's another side of that. It's like the best of times, the worst of times, and that is the service sector, and that is largely dominated by hospitality and food sector restaurants. And we know that they're having a very difficult time now. They're getting hammered, and I think Restaurants Canada, the national agency representing restaurants across the country, has forecast that up to 60% of restaurants in any community, one community, could, could close as a result of the pandemic. We've seen in the city already with some businesses really adversely impacted. Again, I just love the spirit of the entrepreneurs, right? They're, I mean, what they're doing is they're, you know, it's not enough to sell food anymore. You have to do takeout and you have to offer curbside pickup. And now we're seeing markets emerge at restaurants like Grace and Blackfriars Bistro in London and others uh, saying, okay, we're going to set up a little market on the Saturday afternoon. You come in and buy cookies or buy wine or buy beer or buy prepared foods. Um, and it's just, you know, and 100 Kellogg Lane is having the market this weekend where they're offering our retailers and distributors and, and food companies as well as other retailers a chance to, to sell their words directly to the public too. So there's a lot of innovation in the sector, which is kind of exciting and I, I applaud them. I just, I just hope it'll be enough because it's, it's very tough out there in the service sector right now. And that just shows you the difference in how we all have to navigate this pandemic because in the service and hospitality sector you have a bunch of people coming in and out people are of course eating food yeah. and things along those lines but in the manufacturing sector you can only have your employees come into the building and then you're going to be fine you can make sure everything's cleaned and scrubbed down your employees are all wearing masks yeah. and, and you're probably going to be fine so it just shows that it's very different from sector to sector how we all have to get through this absolutely though that's a very good point and i think it you really the pandemic has sort of uh, really exposed real differences in the in the different business sectors and how they respond in a crisis and what the demands on them are. And then, you know, the other, and so a third side of this whole issue is, is the office market, our, you know, our, our men and women who work in offices and how that's been impacted. And a lot of those are, you know, everyone's working from home now. A lot of people are working from home and people are speculating whether the office market is even going to come back, whether people who work at, you know, like a London Life or downtown and TD Towers in the core area, how much of those are going to come back. We're already hearing from business and from some businesses in that, in that white collar sector that they realize that they can still work even though workers are home. So they are looking at scaling back their office culture. Um, but but there there will be a component of people returning to offices, we think, because people do want to preserve a workplace culture and identity, which being together in an office preserves, but more of it can be done. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more of a staggered situation in future post-pandemic where offices are going into a, an area where people are working a few days a week from the office, a few days a week at home, 
Some workers may be fully in the office, uh, maybe others may be fully at home. But um, but I mean, we're we are seeing that a lot of people who are in offices are. Uh, uh, that's my son. <laughs> He's just walking through the front. Uh, a lot of people who are in offices are seeing a real mixed bag in terms of uh, in terms of uh, what their working conditions are like now. But I don't I don't doubt that that pandemic has changed a lot of things, and the office culture is certainly one of them. Yeah, I, I would think so. And I, and I think that the scenario that I keep hearing, you can tell me if you've heard uh, from employers that are saying this, is that it might be a spot where, you know, uh, Anna works from the office on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Terry works from the office on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So Anna and Terry are both yeah. there on Fridays, but they're not there the other days of the week. They can get some stuff done. So you still have that office space, but maybe you don't need quite as much space. So that might be sort of the way this evolves from here. Uh, yes, I've heard that same thing, and and I think right now there are a lot of things on the table in terms of the way businesses already they're already planning post pandemic. They want to save money on real estate if they can, right? I mean, mm-hmm. rents expensive, and they will scale back rents and lease spaces where they can in a bit to save money, especially post pandemic, because they may look to cut costs and control costs wherever they can if they've taken a hit on the bottom line, which they likely have as a result of COVID nineteen. But at the same time, there is a real um, presence of mind with a lot of business that. They, they still want an office culture. Having people work from home some of the time, come into work at, 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 other, at, at other times. And I think, yeah, I, I think you may see more of that. But generally, I think across the board, um, office work has been fairly busy. The white collar sector has, has, again, really sort of worked through the pandemic. And they're, they are staying, even though they're working at home, they're continuing on the job, which is a pretty good sign. We saw some positive growth numbers um, you know, in the last job report that came out on Friday from StatsCan that said that nationally there's been a pretty significant uptake in, in positions. And, um, you know, it's really to their credit. And I think also, if you look at some analysis done by major accounting firms nationally, has said that productivity is actually up, that people are working from home and they might start earlier, they might go back to their office at you know, their, their desk, at, which is their dining room table, like I am talking to you right now, mm-hmm. eight o'clock at night. They might work a little, they might just, you know, get up in the night and have a great idea, run down and sort of do some work. So productivity, the pandemic is people people working at home has sparked this debate about, about are people working better, they're working harder, are they lazy, are they watching friends in the middle of the afternoon? But across the board, I think the, the general consensus has been productivity is up and people are working more. Yeah, I think friends in the office are coming off of Netflix soon, so pro- productivity might go even up beyond where it's at right oh now. Oh my so gosh! That's well, that's that's, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a big boon for everybody involved. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's uh, where a lot of folks are at on this is wondering sort of what the future looks like. Well, at the same time, of course, you're you're you're, you're trying to navigate the present, and that's that's yeah. that's not very easy. And you wonder where we're at when it comes to announcements from the province uh, on what lockdowns are and what zone are we in right now. We get an announcement this week from the federal government that we're going to have have 245 uh, doses of the vaccination, which can serve about uh, yeah. 120,000 people, a little bit more than that. So there's just a lot yeah. to consider and, and so many different points of information that are really, really important. And none of us have been through this before. So it's well, just, a, it's, it's just a, a really difficult time, I would think, to run a business, no matter which industry you're in. Oh, absolutely. And, and I will say that, you know, as much as uh, it's just, um, I think a, a lot of small businesses have really come out sort of... Um, very supportive of the federal initiatives that have, they're not perfect by any stretch, uh, but there has been, I think, a genuine effort to try to support small business with, with loans, uh, forgivable loans, 
uh, wage subsidy programs, the rent relief program, which has now been reworked at the federal level. Um, a lot of businesses have taken advantage of that. A lot of businesses suggested that in fact, it is good. and CERB, um, the CERB program has been extended to people who are actually working as well. So, um, well, not CERB, CERB successor, CRB, so yeah. sorry. So, uh, so I think there's been, there's been a real effort on the part of some federal and provincial initiatives to support small business that have paid off, that have worked largely. Again, no, it's not perfect, but um, there's been uh, there's been some businesses have stepped up to say that it has kept them afloat at this time, and they're they know now that they're going to need it really until probably until the spring, until mm-hmm. things if we get that vaccine and if it's widely distributed until we can sort of gather again as we did before. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, uh, last thing, Norm, before we uh, wrap up quickly here, just getting back sure. to the manufacturing angle that we started this off with. As uh, you know, obviously, the manufacturing plants, there's, there's testing and things along those lines, all these safety, safety uh, precautions that you and I were talking about earlier. Um, yeah. are, are, are they okay with those things? Are they things that, that perhaps may continue post-pandemic in some ways? What, uh, what are we looking at as far as what the future of those might be, and both in the <laughs> short and long term? I think that I wouldn't be surprised to see pandemic type measures continue in the manufacturing sector well into you know, 2021 and the new year. And even, I don't know if it'll be post vaccine or not, but there would be, um, uh, I, I think that a lot of the measures that you've seen taking place in terms of, of cleaning, distancing, yeah, I think they're gonna be with us for some time. I, I think COVID-19 will change all workplaces, manufacturing included, in ways that uh, you know we don't even know yet. But I mean, I think it will linger with us for some time. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because I think there's going to be a lot of precautions taken in the workplace, a lot of care. Uh, there is a real concern about there. And like I said, it's a critical industry for London and area with 34,000 people working in manufacturing and, you know, more than uh, 226 jobs posted right now that, that are manufacturing plants that have opened in London area. Uh, so, I mean, there's uh, there's growth there, there's demand, uh, and it's a foundational industry for us. So let's hope that it's safe and secure in the future. Yeah, I hope the the very same thing. Norm, thank you so much for joining us today on the London Free Press Podcast. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, Norm DeBono. Yeah, thank you. He's Norm DeBono. He's a a reporter with the London Free Press joining us to talk about his story on LFPress.com and in the Free Press about manufacturing this week. Please subscribe to this podcast if you enjoy what you're hearing. I know a lot of you are, so you can do that via Spotify, via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. Plus, find us on YouTube. A lot of people doing that. And, of course, on LFPress.com. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of the London Free Press Podcast. And we will talk to you next time.